are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here we are on this Thursday. Got some news coming out about different things. We are going to talk about the NBA draft and the combine. It seems like some of that is getting set. But it's also kind of weird to go through some of that process without an NBA head coach, right? So we'll give you an update on the Pelican search because we did get a bit of an update on that from Woj, kind of about what we were expecting. And then finally, we're going to wrap up with some interesting comments from J.J. Redick, which makes me wonder how much longer he's going to be here in New Orleans. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pels. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So it sounds like we've got the draft and draft combine set. The draft is going to be in November this year, and it sounds like this combine is starting this coming Monday. The draft is rescheduled officially for November 18th. There's the exact date. And the combine process is going to be virtual this year for the most part and is going to be starting on September 28th. So that's coming up next week. This is in process. This is happening. It is a thing. And... The Pelicans are going to be starting to do this. So the way it's working is basically it's going to be 85 of the top prospects out there in the draft pool, and they're going to answer 10 questions. And those 10 questions, the footage of them answering that is going to be available to all 30 teams. They're going to have a second round of direct interviews that take place for over 30 minutes virtually for teams beginning on October 1st, accounting for specific team requests. Each team can interview 20 players. Um, Each player is allowed to interview with 13 teams. This is the normal process at the Combine. The NBA kind of assigns you to prospects based on where they're projected to go, different things like that, so that it makes a lot of sense that these are players that you're talking to because if you have the 18th pick and you're not trading up, you're not going to be interviewing the top one, two, or three guys. So when you start to hear things that leak out, of maybe the Pelicans interviewed this guy. It's not necessarily a sign of interest. It more has to do with, okay, this is kind of what the NBA thought made a whole lot of sense for the players to do. As for testing, measurements, some of the medical stuff, the NBA is asking the top players to travel by car to the closest NBA market to go through testing for measurements, strength, agility. They're going to do some shooting drills. All of this is going to be uniform. All of this is going to get uploaded to a central database that all teams will have access to. So someone coming to work out in New Orleans doesn't give the Pelicans any sort of advantage. It's going to be standardized shooting drills, and you're not going to have anyone from the team allowed to watch this occur in real time, and you can't prevent anyone from kind of looking at the footage that's going to be up there anyway. So it's all voluntary though I think you'll see a lot of the top guys do some of this maybe the top top guys don't go through the shooting drills and different things like that but you'll see them kind of participate the scouting departments will get as much film as everyone else out there the on-court workouts in terms of one-on-one there'll be no five-on-five during this which is a big part of the combine is where it's going to be a little bit weirder 
And so they're going to be doing little mini pro days for each player uh, in a 45-minute video that's recorded and going to be sent out to everyone as well. Um, it can either be live or streamlined. And it's solo workouts kind of in one-on-one -on -one with no coaches or other players or anything like that. That stuff can be important because that's kind of what happened with the Jamal Murray and Buddy Heald. And I told you that story and why the Pelicans don't have Jamal Murray on the team right now. So it's a little risky for players because if you don't do well in this, you don't have maybe as many opportunities to try and make up for it and impress a team. But they're going to have plenty of data on a, on these guys. And also, it's going to show that if you had a robust scouting system prior to the shutdown, that's going to become even more valuable this season. I'm going to be very curious to see whether this levels the playing field a little bit more. And a lot of it is very similar to what the combine already does, but I think you have some more limited interactions with guys. Not getting to see five on five means you're not going to see them necessarily in real time game action. You're going to have to rely on film and you won't get to see them after they've presumably prepped for all of this. So it will be very interesting to see, does this level the playing field or do teams that have invested more on that side of the uh, front office scouting all of that maybe have some sort of built-in advantage. Does this make this draft more of a crapshoot? Does it mean teams are going to really screw up and maybe hurt their future draft prospects um, or salary cap or, or blow things up? There's so many unknowns about how all of this th is going to go that it's worth keeping kind of like an eye on to the side for everything. I don't think this needs to be anyone's main um, idea of like what, what you want to watch, but I'm going to be curious to see how this goes. You know, if everyone's got access to the same things, you know, those those team interviews are going to be even more important than they would be otherwise because maybe you can delve a little bit deeper into certain things. And the, there's already limited contact with these guys anyway, even during the regular combine, but still, it just seems a little more restrictive with all of this. But anyhow, this is going to go. You know, this is a tough year to try and make the number one overall pick and decide who that's going to be, particularly now with some more limited interaction with the players. So... Draft can be a crapshoot already. This one might make it a little bit more so. So it's weird to get all of this started without a head coach. And one of maybe your decision makers, a guy that you probably want some input on, but the Pelicans are likely not going to have someone in place by Monday, according to Woj. And I'll explain what he said coming up here in just a minute. Before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everyone and always reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, what's in need, what's in demand. Look, they're just going to give it to you at the best price they can. This doesn't need to be that complicated. So rockauto.com is for everyone, not professionals. It is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login, anything like that. It's a family business. It's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. I've used this personally. Working on an older car. I like to do the work on my, on my daily driver too, which is from 2011. This has the cheapest prices I've seen when you need something. It's really as simple as that. Their catalog is unique. It's easy to use. You just click on your make Dodge from a daily driver, your model Challenger 2011 in the year. It's going to show me all the parts available. It's going to show me the prices, specifications, brands. I get to choose what I want and I'm going to get it at the best price possible. Yes, the best price possible because their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? 
Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. We're here daily breaking down everything you want to know about the team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So it's a bit weird to go through this pre-draft process without a head coach in place, right? Like you want that person, you know, involved in it to some degree. They're not the personnel decision maker. That's going to be David Griffin. That's going to be Trajan Langdon, but they're in the group, right? Like they're a voice in the room to some degree, even if it is kind of minor. I don't think that that's what they're looking for in their head coach to do. I think they're looking for their head coach just to get the maximum out of the players that they give them. But they do have a bit of an inclusive atmosphere, a, a you know, all the voices in the room kind of atmosphere with the Pelicans front office. So they probably want that guy in place, ideally, but it's not going to happen. And Woj gave us an update on ESPN today, basically saying that the Pelicans haven't done any official, and we should keep in that word in mind, official interviews for their head coaching position. There's maybe been some informal things. I think that's safe to say. They're doing their due diligence and talking to people and gathering intel, but the process is probably in the middle of all this, maybe at the beginning towards the of the end, but nowhere near there just yet, or at least nowhere near the end just yet. This isn't surprising. And I've had a couple people text me, friends ask me about this. People have asked me on Twitter and kind of freak out when you're starting to see hires happen. Billy Donovan to the Bulls. You saw Steve Nash to the Nets. You're likely to see Mike D'Antoni go to the Philadelphia 76ers or Ty Lue, but it sounds like D'Antoni based on rumors we're hearing, which is kind of, uh, the rumors are weird, but besides the point. The Pelicans are kind of like left out, right? You're worried they're not going to get their guy. Here's the thing, though. I don't think any of these guys are their top guys. If their top guy was Billy Donovan, they probably would have done at least an official interview with him and at least maybe sped up the process for him if that's who they wanted and not just kind of let him walk to the bulls without even doing an official interview to make him consider the job. So I think the way to read all of this is all of these guys getting hired or even getting official interviews are not their top guys. For whatever reason, they haven't gotten to that step yet. Maybe it's that those guys are in the bubble. Wes Unsell Jr. is in there. Dan Craig's in there. You've had Darvin Ham recently leave there. So a lot of these guys, I think, are guys that they're going to be looking at that they really would like to interview during uh, this process. And they're not going to rush it. And if those are their top guys, you don't rush it just to hire someone because you're worried about other people filling it when there's, those aren't your guys. So looking at all of this, I think that the situation here is they've just got their eyes on some other people. This is just, these are the guys that they're not as interested in. Maybe some interest existed there, but if it's not in your top three or four guys, like who, who cares? This is a really good time to be, as I've said multiple times in the head coaching market, there are a lot of really qualified guys out there, whether guys with former head coaching experience or assistant coaches. And if you feel comfortable with the people you've identified at the top of your list, there's no rush. Woj also mentioned that with things kind of being shut down and slow right now, why hire someone and pay them to not coach and not do a ton of work? The team's not working out in market yet. That's going to come later. Saves you just a little bit of money. It's being cheap, splitting hairs. Maybe you don't want to do that sort of thing, but that could be a factor too because we've heard there is a reported budget on the Pelicans coaching, hire, and all of that stuff. So I just don't think any of these guys are the guys they're interested in, and it seems like the people that they are interested in potentially are in the bubble. The other thing is they're quiet about this. 
you know, this, this coaching search, almost all of them have been really tight lipped and locked down. You've heard some stuff, but all of these hires so far, Steve Nash came out of nowhere to everybody. Billy Donovan, a bit out of nowhere to everybody for the Chicago Bulls too. None of this has necessarily been telegraphed. So this just seems like, yeah, normal. This is where the Pelicans are in their process. The person they're going to be connected to is probably not someone we're, we're anticipating necessarily. And it probably won't leak. The Pelicans haven't leaked a ton of stuff just yet. Don't forget that when they signed J.J. Redick in the opening minutes of free agency, all of us were like, wait, what? Really? That was not something that the team expected whatsoever, or that fans expected whatsoever. That didn't leak or anything before like that when others, other deals had and other rumors have been linking teams to people. So yeah, there is nothing that says this is out of the ordinary for what's going on or where they are or where they are not in the process other than Woj. Those guys just aren't their top targets, clearly. There are other ones out there. And they will go and get a guy that they feel very comfortable with. They're not going to rush a hire and get someone that they're not sure about just so they're like the only, not the only person left on the dance floor. They will be fine. I'm not a, I don't think this is a big deal. I've seen some people kind of freaking out about it. It's okay. It'll be good. They're going to end up with the right coach for the team. And I think that's most important. And with the way that David Griffin goes about kind of building the team, wanting to kind of give some input to the coaches to try players, different things like that. Well then, yeah, you know what? The coach probably doesn't need to be in on the draft decision because they're going to get some marching orders to some degree. They're going to have a couple of ideas uh, of what the coach needs to do. Okay, you don't need their input on that necessarily then if you're going to kind of just tell them what's going on. It kind of fits into all of this here too. So I think it makes a little bit of sense that, yeah, they're not going to have someone in place by Monday when this pre-draft process starts. Wrapping up, we'll take a quick look at J.J. Reddick's future here with the team. He said a couple things that are a little bit telling, I think, and I'll let you guys know what that is. And what's that mean for his tenure here in New Orleans? Coming up. All right, let's talk J.J. Reddick as we wrap up today's show. Big free agent signing for the Pelicans this past offseason. Adds a lot to the team on the court, obviously. Deadly three-point shooter. Guy who had made the playoffs in every season of his career until this season. And a guy who's supposed to be a really good locker room presence, mentor some of the young guys, and a guy who actually readily accepts that role and likes that role as well. Obviously, just like an awesome dude. Good podcaster too. Better than me. I will fully admit all of that. He spoke to Mark Medina of USA Today and talked about how at 36 right now, he kind of wants to play four more years in the NBA. Go to 40 and then kind of walk away at that point. That's his goal. He said his body has to hold up, but he's kind of famous for his routine and taking care of his body to be able to play at the level that he does and for this long in the NBA. Recently on his podcast, though, he also, so he's got four more years left, let's say. He's got one more year under contract here in New Orleans. That leaves three more years in the NBA to some degree. He spoke on his podcast recently saying that like winning a championship is important to him and that he would likely go ring chasing to try and get one and that his, his career would not feel right if he didn't end up winning an NBA title. So when you kind of put this together here, four more years, he wants to win a title and he was willing to go ring chasing to do so. It doesn't exactly make it scream like he's long here in New Orleans. And this likely means that he will either get moved this offseason or going into next season. If the Pelicans are in contention, I fully expect him to be dealt by the trade deadline in 2021, I'm guessing. Yeah, it would, be, would have been 2021 anyway. And so maybe it gets done a little bit 
before that. It also certainly says that if they don't move him, they're probably not going to be able to re-sign him and they're going to let him go and he's going to go to some other team and try and get that ring. So the clock is ticking a little bit, I think, on his time here. Even if he plays out that one more season with New Orleans, that's three more years left for him to kind of go that. If we go by this, and it's not like a hard and fast rule, and I don't think he's set like a deadline or anything like that, but it kind of lets you see what his mindset is. There were some rumors and grumblings that he was a little bit unhappy here. Some of the comments he's had to the media about this being a quiet team, some of the stuff about the offense and the lack of structure, when I don't think that's what he is used to. kind of said maybe he wasn't the most settled here. He does seem to like it here. He does seem to like the young guys. I think he genuinely likes New Orleans, though. Times like food was kind of not what I was expecting, which JJ Reddick, come on now, it's delicious here. He makes it seem like, yeah, maybe this wasn't the, the best thing he could have done by signing here. Not that he necessarily has regrets, but that's kind of the feeling that I get from it. It was also a bit of culture shock for a guy like Derek Favors, too, and I've spoken about that. So I don't know if his time is long here, but he's a good trade asset. If you want to build a trade to bring in someone else, throwing JJ Redick in there makes some sense because whatever team also gets him can then flip him again too. So it's a good asset to have with a contract that can at least kind of move some salary around. And maybe that's how, to some degree, we need to start looking at JJ Redick going forward. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow.